Welcome to MishnahStudy.com. This is Jesse Salem. Together we're studying Masechet Berachot. We're up to Perek Tet, the last Mishnah, Mishnah Zayin, which will speak about blessing a friend in God's name. Kol chotam berachot sheyu b'mikdash hayu min ha'olam, meshikel kizu aminim, ve'amru en olam elai echad. Itkinu sheyomrin min ha'olam ve'ad ha'olam. Itkinu sheyadam shuet shelom chaviro b'shem shneimar v'hinne bo'azba min bet lechem v'yom el akoserim adunai emachem. So, the Mishnah opens up with all the ending of the Berachot that were in the Mikdash. They would close the Beracha with Min Ha'olam. So how so? So Baratunar explains over here that when they make a beracha, for example, they would say, instead of saying, Baruch Hashem Adat, in the Beit HaMikdash, they would say, Baruch Hashem Elohei Yisrael Min HaOlam Adat. Then, and they would answer in the Beit HaMikdash, parenthetically, side note, they would answer, Baruch Hashem Kevom Achuto Le'olam They wouldn't answer Amen in the Beit HaMikdash, rather they would answer, Baruch Hashem. Um, then, Meshikil Kilu Aminim, so these minim, they were people who didn't believe in the Torah. They didn't believe in olam haba, in the world to come. And they ruined the beliefs of others, right? They said, oh, look, you're only saying, look, there's only one world. You say, they're saying, there's no olam haba. So what did hachamim do? Hachamim were metaken that they would say, from the world till the world, right? From this world to the world to come. Right, so the Berakha would be Baruch Hashem Elohei Yisrael Min HaOlam Ve'ad HaOlam Ha'onen Adat. Right, that's how they would say the Berakha in the Beit Mikdash. Then, while we're on this note of what Hachamim Metaken, we have another thing Hachamim Metaken. They were Metaken that a person should greet his friend with the name of God. Shalom Haviro Bashem. Rambam explains over here that even the word Shalom is considered God's name, since Shalom is, is one of God's name. So if you say Shalom to someone, you are in essence greeting someone with God's name. Um, and the proof of that is, Mishin Emar, they quote a pasuk from Ruth, um, when Boaz was coming from Bethlehem, and he saw the people who were harvesting the wheat for him, and he told them, Adunai Machem. And he greets them with God's name. And they respond back. So we see over here that when a person greets someone, he's allowed to greet them with God's name. And then we bring another pasuk. And now we quote a pasuk from Gid'on. Right? When Gid'on was right? when he was actually um, grinding his, uh, his wheat in the wine press. Right? Because he was scared of the Midianim who were surrounding him. That they would actually, you know, torment and, and, and steal from B'nai Israel. So he was doing this to hide. And who appears to him? A malach appears to him. And it says, Vayomer elav, Adunai imecha giborechayil. Right? May God be with you, you giborechayil. Uh, right? You warrior. Right? So, another pasuk. It's interesting why you need two separate pasukim. Um, it could be that we're bringing the second pasuk because over here we see even a malach Hashem is greeting with God's name. Right? It's not just a person. Now, Malach Hashem is greeting with God's name. You see that it's really something um, that, that, that Torah looks up to. Ve'omer, Al-Tabuz Kizakena Imecha. Which literally means, do not scorn because your mother is old. 
Right? So over here, what's, what's this Pasuk doing here? So Rambam explains that with the Mishnah continues with the Pasuk that's expressing not to mock the Takanot of Hazal. Right? Even if it seems old, it's ancient, it's years back. No, Hachami made a Takana, don't mock this Takana. And not only that, but if you do mock Hachamim, that's the next Pasuk. Or that's what Binatan explains the next Pasuk. And that is that your time will come and you'll pay the price through difficulties and afflictions um, just for violating the Torah. Which is basically reading the Pasuk backwards. Right? That's according to the Binatan. Right? If you will mefer the Torah, if you violate the Torah, right? your time um, will come. Now, what about Tanakama? Who leaves the Pasuk as is? Right? Who explains the Pasuk of, you know, How does he understand? So he says that in a time when God is ready to carry out punishment against the people who were violating his word, he'll create an opportunity for the people to vol. So that violating the Torah, um, really come, the punishment will come as a very just punishment. So he'll create it, make it easy for them to violate the Torah, and therefore the punishment will be just. Now Harambam ends off the Masechet with, one is a few points, philosophical points, um, Let's just read it a second. And he says that this inyan, right, this concept that we're talking about of God, you know, just justice and, and, and avenging for not following his Torah is amok amok mi imsa'enu. Right? It's a very deep concept. And we're really, we're leaving, we're entering into a field of, you know, speaking about free will versus, uh, you know, something divinely ordained and how does everything work. And he's saying, over here, don't ask me to, to, to explain all this. Over here, in this concept, to really elaborate on it, because even the words of Hachamim and even the Pesukim themselves, they contradict each other. But the, the principle is, and it's an important principle, is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does good things, right things to the good people, and he punishes the evil people. And this is based on the fact that God is just, as he testified about himself, right? right? God is a righteous and just God, and everything he does is just. So therefore, he punishes the evil, and he does good to the good people. But Hanabam explains that for us, man, uh, it's not within our ability to fully comprehend um, all this, right? Because we are, in the end of the day, you know, flesh and blood. We are, we are humans, and our knowledge is not God's knowledge. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Himself told us that we cannot understand this. Um, and therefore, we need to rely on this principle. Don't focus on it. Don't dwell on it too much because all the people from our religion who did try to do this, they didn't come up you know, with such great things. Um, they pretty much came up empty-handed. And as Hanabam explained, they, they dove into great waters and they came up with you know, pottery shards in their hand.
Um, and even, <laughs> even if you hear someone who's talking about this, he has a nice idea, has a drasha, he starts to talk about it. It's, it's not true. Because the second you start to really focus and, and think on, dwell on it, and, and you remove all the outer layers of, of the, how he really uh, pres- made his, you know, a great presentation for it, and you get down to the actual kushyot, the actual you know, problems, you, you'll realize that you know, everything that he said was just you know, a whole load of long sentences and, 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 and really saying nothing. Um, so therefore, go back to what I told you, um, that I, I can't present the whole thing here because it would just take me too long to. But you should know that the philosophers who are baki in philosophy, in, the, in this matter, they say things that are fantastic and so deep and so precise that we would need so many prerequisites and so many introductions for to really understand. Um, and someone who fully grasps what they're saying should try to understand it and compare it to the words of the Torah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he says, Compare it to those words, right? That's the Pasuk Rabban brings down you know, as his source for, for free will and how to really understand everything together. In their words, where Chachamim said, Pay attention to what I gave you in the principles over here, and you could understand um, the nuances of, of what's being said. Um, I'll speak, and he says, I'll speak a little bit more about this in Masech Davot, uh, and you'll see how some of the words of the philosophers match hand in hand with the words of Hazal in everything that they say, uh, but it's not my place to bring this down. But why did I bring it down? And Harambam ends off with a Fantastic line. It's one of my favorite lines in all of his Pirush la Mishnah. And he says, Ela Shani Berosh Me'ayene Kolmakom, she is the men reach devarim be'inyan ha'imuna, eva elbumashu. The most important thing for me in any place where there's even a hint of something that I could speak about in regards to emuna, I will explain it. Because it's more important to me to teach one of the most, the principle of principles more than anything else that I'm teaching. And that's how he ends off Masichat Barachot. Thank you. Thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Blessed is HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he helped us complete this entire Masichat. Chazaku Baruch to you all. I would just add one more point over here, um, which I think is a fabulous point of Rabbi Uda which he doesn't ex- say explicitly, but I'd like to just address for a second as we close out the Masechet. And that is, if you pay attention to Rabbi Uda we mentioned, you know, you know, the structure of the Masechet throughout, but if you pay attention to the last three Mishnayot, the way Hanabana has it broken up, um, at the end of the Masechet, really, what's it doing? And it seems very, you know, elaborate. A person needs to bless on the bed as he, as he does for the good, and you saw quotes according to the whole all to get to the point of the Davar Acher is with every measure that he measures for you. Mentioning Mishnah on explaining it, and then we go on to the next, next Mishnah, and it speaks about that a person shouldn't be lightheaded. He should be focused when he's facing Kodesh Kodashim, because it's facing, it's parallel. Keneged Bet Kodesh Kodesh Kodashim. 
and specific things that he needs to be um, focused when he's on Harabayit. And then we end off with a person having to greet his friend with the name of God. Right? So what is this? If we pay attention to the structure of Masichet Berachot, we'll see that Rabbi Udhanasi brilliantly, brilliantly, really closes everything out, coming full circle, closing off all the ends that we opened up with earlier. And let's see what he does. Because we opened up with Kiryat Shema. The first three Perakim was Kiryat Shema. And we spoke about how a person needs to take, accept upon himself the yoke of heaven. And that's why we opened up Masechet Berachot with this. And then we moved on to Tefillah. We had two Perakim, Perak Dalad and He spoke about Tefillah, the, the practicalities of Tefillah, and then the Kavanah a person needs to have with Tefillah. And finally, the six through nine spoke about various uh, other Berachot that a person does in his day-to-day life. And the Biudana see in the final you know, closing, Mishnayot, really closes out and comes full circle, coming back to Kiryat Shema. And speaking of Kiryat Shema, of being a sense of not just the technicalities of Kiryat Shema that we mentioned earlier, but rather it needs to be something, You need to love God with your Yetzirah Tov and Yetzirah in your day-to-day, with all your money, with any, anything, any, any situation He puts you in. You need to love God fully. That's really taking Kiryat Shema and conceptualizing it to the point where you're living your life surrounded by Kiryat Shema. You're living a life of Kiryat Shema, of loving God in every moment of your life. And then, and then the Mishnah Udanasi goes on to speak about a person needs to be focused when he's facing Nuhuvan Keneged Bet Kodesh HaKodashim. Right? That reminds us of the Mishnah that we said earlier in the fifth, in the fourth Perek, where we speak about that a person is, if he's, if he's on the donkey or if he's on you know, the boat, he needs to guide, aim his heart, libo keneged bet kodesh hakodashim. So that's very practically speaking, a person, and even over here we're saying, even a person's outside, he's not praying, he's walking, he's walking past the Beit HaMikdash, he's walking near Harabayit, he needs to be focused, a person's mind needs to be focused towards kodesh hakodashim. Right? That's where we're looking up to, looking up to God in prayer, even in the day-to-day. And finally, we end off with greeting a friend. And where does this greeting of a friend take place? What's the, what's the, what's the, the, the proof text that Rabbi Udanasi brings down? It's from Rut. And it's in a Boaz Bam in Bethlehem. He's coming from Bethlehem, right? the house of bread, literally. And he tells the Kotsrim, the people that are harvesting, they're harvesting, they're, they're, they're gathering the food, and he greets them in God's name. And even in the harvest, in the field, surrounded by the berachot, you're gathering your grain for the season, your panasa, your wealth, right, your livelihood, a person needs to greet his friend with God's name. God's name should be at the tip of your tongue. It should be, it should be guiding you as Kiryat Shema guides you in your day-to-day life. You should have that sense of love and loyalty to God. You should have the sense of awe for God as you would looking up to Him in prayer. And you should always greet your friend, even when greeting in your social life, right? Your friends, creating a, a, a just society, a, a, a loving society. You need to greet your friends in God's name. And may God's name always be at the tip of our tongue as the Buddha closes out and comes full circle of the entire Masechet 
really closing off the structure. Um, may, really, may, may God's name be at the tip of our tongue throughout our day. I mean, we internalize all of Masechet Berachot and live a life of Beracha and appreciation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our day-to-day life. Chazaku Baruch to all of you who have finished Masechet Berachot and may you all continue on to finishing the rest of Shisha Sidre Mishnah.